Hi, this is Marian Webb, Managing Editor for MedTech Insight. I'm here with our UK-based InVivo Executive Editor, Ashley Yeo, to talk about the annual MedTech 100 listings. They were just published on MedTech Insight as well as the industry's outlook for 2023. Hi, Ashley. So what are these listings and what do they tell us about the MedTech industry? The MedTech 100 tables are a listing of publicly held publicly traded medtechs for fiscal 2021 at manufacturer level. They exclude service revenues unless we note that. And it's basically a global listing of device and diagnostic companies, many of which are evolving their portfolios with digital applications and technologies too. We use average annual exchange rates at the year end, even though a hefty minority of companies don't report on December the 31st. Most do, but those that don't include all of the Japanese, um, some US companies and some of the major ones like Medtronic, which has a year end in April 2022, Cardinal and ResMed high up the listing, they report in the middle of the year, and then Hologic, Siemens, Helsinki's and Beckton Dickinson, who report in September. So we've used their latest figures, and as we close the listing in mid-November, we can actually use the, the very latest figures from all of those companies. As said, we use average annual exchange rates for all companies, for comparative and indicative purposes, although the exchange rates can fluctuate quite a bit and have done so recently. And these details are included on the MedTech Insight portal under the Data tab, and what we call the 2023 Outlook Package, which includes the 2021 revenue listings, is uploaded on December the 16th, in fact, um, for access by MedTech Insight subscribers. And um, you said, what do um, what do they tell us about the industry, Marion? Well, I think they show us, I mean, over time, they show us what a competitive industry medtech is and, and how also it's tiered. And at the bottom end of the 100, we have companies with sales of 200 million or, or above. This year, two are occupying the number 100 slot, Cardiovascular Systems and Horiba, um, the IBD's company. These are two very different companies. Right at the top end, we have um, two multi-segment multinationals with, with sales of over 30 billion. So it shows the breadth and diversity of the industry. It shows that it's an industry in consolidation with some big names disappearing over the years. But it's an industry that's renewing. And we're seeing more Chinese coming into the listings. We're also seeing smaller innovators getting big enough to enter the top 100, like in recent years, iRhythm and Gardent. So, Marin, it shows kind of blood kind of coursing through the, the medtech system, as it were. Thanks, Ashley. That was a very thorough um, overview and analysis of the medtech industry. But how would you say have these businesses and these rankings been affected by COVID? Yes. Yeah. The last three years, 2020, 21 and 22, have all been COVID tainted to varying degrees. Many of the IBD companies have been able to, to gain from that. Danaher, Roche, um, Siemens Health and Ears. But companies are aware that what goes up can't always stay up. And so they're making sure now in their forward looking guidance, they are making um, um, their, their guidance with, both with and without COVID business for future comparisons. The same is, is so for um, the connected care companies. We've seen the rise of remote and digital technologies um, over the past few years, especially during the pandemic. For example, Philips had a major 2020 for its connected care business, and then it had, as it predicted, a correction in 2021. But of course, that company has also had other issues to deal with. But yes, COVID has had a major influence on a lot of companies' sales and developments in the past three years. Yeah, I would think so. Now, um, in this listing, Metech has also selected out several industry segments to focus on. Can you talk a little bit about that? 
For the past few years, we've actually separated out four industry segments, cardiology, orthopedic, um, IVDs and imaging. These being the, the major segments um, that we report on in, in MedTech Insight. Uh, and we show, show these company sales in this industry. As we track these over the years, it just shows us how companies compete in their specific areas of focus. We also put in lots of notes in the columns to the tables if needed. And also we've showed a brief activity description of every company, which is in the top 100. Uh, and these are reflected also in, in the smaller tables. Um, so it's basically we're giving more detail year on year about the companies that we report on in MedTech Insight. That sounds great. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how the industry is expected to move forward and also about the context that we give to these rankings? And, you know, do we suggest how things will shape up for MedTechs in the future as well? Yeah, that's a good point. So the, the tables that we do, they're a moment in time that we show. So it's, it's a historical table, the 2021 figures. And so we do like to publish context around that and give comment and rationale and reasoning for what's happening. If you look at it in another way, it's, it's kind of a potted version of all the all the great content that you and Reed and Barnaby uh, on the MedTech Insight commercial desk write every day of the year and publish. We like to think of this product that we're doing here, the MedTech 100, as a bonus for the MedTech Insight subscribers. And it's not available to anyone else anywhere in the same form. And it reflects this ever-changing industry, as you said. So along alongside the tables, we provide background and forward-looking articles. We talk about the outlook for 2023. We, we talk about the effects that the regulatory changes are going to have. We factor in thoughts on inflation, workforce issues, logistics, supply chain, and the MDR. This gives a picture of the industry in 2023 and the constraints, obviously, but that also means opportunity. Yes. And as you just mentioned, there are certain challenges that keep prevailing, such as supply chain issues, workforce issues. So it's a tough outlook for MedTech, some people would say. But I suppose in some ways the tables reflect not only the diversity, but also the relative stability of the industry, does it not? That's very true, I think. And the breadth of smaller companies under 500 million of sales. There's a geographical diversity that we can reflect. And we can also pull out the technology specialists that you wouldn't normally naturally think of. Massimo, Cochlear, Olympus, Intuitive, all of these companies are part of a vibrant medtech industry under one umbrella. This current table shows that 85% of this top 100 have revenues of over half a billion. 70 companies are dollar billionaires. And the top quartile make sales of over 5 billion. 11 of them are well into the five-figure millions. So it's an industry in growth. And even in COVID times in 2021, relatively few companies went backwards, unless it was for structural portfolio reasons. And we described that in the table. Great. And it shows opportunities for M&A as well, doesn't it? That's very true, actually. Because of this transparency that the tables offer, you can see everything there on one page. There are opportunities for companies as targets, as it were, they seem to have been there for years and suddenly one of those opportunities is realised. Recently, I think you've, you've written a story about Abbey Med, Natus Medical, Smith's Medical, obviously. It merged with ICU, finally. Diasorin acquired Luminex. These are just some of the transactions we've seen reflected in the table in 2021. Yes, there were quite a few M&A activities. We just recently wrote about Becton Dickinson's as, as well. So what else do we throw into the mix by way of context building or illustrating the unique nature of the industry? Yes, uh, well, we also include alongside the, the MedTech 100, uh, as well as the, the general outlook for 2023, the review 
of 2021. Um, we've done customised articles on the medical device regulation in the EU. We've included um, a view on patient centricity, taking that from many speakers at the recent APAC Med meeting in Singapore. And we also compile leadership items, which are intended to show the dynamism of people that drive this industry. And I have to say one such person, obviously, is Edwards Life Sciences, Mike Masalam, who, Marin, you travelled to interview recently for MedTech Insight. We've included him in the MedTech 102. Those kind of features give us an insight that readers would not otherwise have. You did that interview. How, how did you find it? It was a wonderful interview. Um, so basically the story, um, th- when I traveled to Edwards Life Sciences up in Irvine, I had uh, the great opportunity to sit down with Mike Mosalem and it was for a getting personal story. So this is a new series where we talk to industry leaders, a little bit about their personal life but also about their outlook for the company. He did not disclose to me at the time that he was planning on retiring. So as we all know, after 22 years at the helm, Mike Musalam announced that he will be retiring. So there's going to be lots of changes ahead at that company. Yeah, it was a great story. And uh, I enjoyed reading it. And I'm sure everyone else did too. Uh subscribes to to MedTech Insight. Thanks, Ashley. And I believe that includes the MedTech Top 100 and content, which is now available, as you said, on our MedTech Insight website. Thank you, Ashley, so much for profiling it for our MedTech Insight readers. I hope everyone has a great week. And and thanks again, Ashley. Thank you to you too, Marin. You're welcome.